Welcome to the Freudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast, where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud, including the impact identity issues have on people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC. Today, we're focusing on what will certainly be one of the most unusual holiday shopping seasons, thanks to the dramatic shifts in online transactions prompted by the COVID-19 pandemic. By its very nature, online shopping means non-cash transactions using digital payment methods. Debit and credit cards are the most obvious, but there are also peer-to-peer payment apps, digital wallets, and now online versions of contactless payment like Apple Pay and Google Pay. While online retailers have seen sales grow steadily over the years, between 1% to 2%, according to the Department of Commerce, 2020 looks to be a watershed year. In just the first 10 days of the holiday shopping season, U.S. consumers spent $21.7 billion online. That's a 21% year-over-year increase, according to Adobe Analytics. There's no surprise as to why that is. The same Adobe Analytics report shows 63% of consumers are avoiding stores and buying more online, with health concerns due to the pandemic driving the decision for 81% of shoppers. There's a truism in cybercrime, just as there is in bank robbery. Thieves go where the money is, which means there are lots of opportunities for bad actors to take advantage of consumers and businesses during the shopping season. You may not know the name Synchrony, but the company is one of the leading financial services institutions that provides a variety of consumer and business services, primarily through partners. You may have one of their payment cards in your wallet right now or be a customer of one of their services. Gleb Resnick is the Chief Information Security Officer at Synchrony. So, Gleb, thanks for being here today. Thanks, James. Thank you for having me. And joining us is Eva Velasquez, the CEO of the ITRC. So, Eva, as always, thanks for being here. Glad to be here, James. Well, Gleb, let's get started because there's there's a lot to talk about. Well, you know, your role now is so important, uh, you know, year-round because cybersecurity and threats to persons' uh, individual data is, is, is constant. But this time of year, it seems like it's a little bit higher than usual. What, 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 what sort of general trends are you seeing so far this year in the holiday season? The world has really evolved over the last eight months due to the pandemic. Um, a lot more online sales, a lot more digital e-commerce, um, so a lot more going on online, right? Not as much going on where you're going into a store and swiping a credit card uh, or making a tra- transactions in person. So we're seeing a really big uptick in companies that traditionally not operated in this space. Uh, physical, you know, physical space predominantly is where they've been. They've focused more on online sales. And as a result, you know, unfortunately, our cyber criminals are very tuned into things like that. And so what, what we've seen is a really big shift towards cybercrime. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you it's sad, but it is true that crime is paying off. And what I mean by that is that we've seen a very interesting trend in the cybercrime world. We're seeing the revenue and we actually track it because I believe it's actually a very much like a business. We track the revenue that's generated through cybercrime. We're averaging about $1.6 billion in revenue, um, and that's annual. We're seeing the profit margin, meaning if I choose to commit a cybercrime, I need to invest in obviously tools and capabilities to do that. 
the return is close to 95%. So it's a pretty good margin for the investment that I'm making as a cyber criminal. Um, And so we're seeing kind of a lot of almost like a perfect storm. The revenue is growing. The the profit margin is high. And unfortunately, a lot more people are willing to do this because macroeconomic reasons, right? So people lose their job and really they're, they're more willing and, and, and kind of susceptible to committing cybercrime. That, that is fascinating. And that, you know, that certainly backs up some trends that we've seen here at the ITRC. Uh, Eve, I'm going to want to bring you into the conversation. Yeah, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years um, at the ITRC. What, what have we seen historically uh, at this time of year? Well, historically, the biggest threat and the biggest uptick that we see is is with online shopping is with the fake websites promoting, you know, fantastic deals or hard to find items. And they're promoted through a variety of means, uh, phishing emails, text messages, social media posts. I think what's interesting, you know, it's so hard to do this comparison because we always look back at historic trends and then kind of make our predictions. And this has just been such an unprecedented time that you know, we're already going into a holiday season with an increase in phishing and fake websites. Uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, the FTC took down 25 websites offering hard to find um, disinfectants, uh, Lysol and Clorox and things. And, and people were buying them, they couldn't find them anywhere else. So I'm, I'm concerned. It's going to be interesting. I hate to use that word, but also concerning to see how much of an increase in this kind of activity. There's always been an uptick. Are we going to see even more? You know, how much of an appetite will consumers have for these these fake websites, these steals, these deals? I'm finding things that I can't find anywhere else. Is that going to continue? Or are people after, you know, six months of this and, and organizations like the ITRC trying to educate folks Will they be more vigilant? What should they do to protect themselves and what should they be work, looking out for to make sure they protect themselves? Um, when, I, when I step back and I think about some of the things we, you just mentioned, right? Like phishing, for example. Phishing has been around, I don't want to date myself, but I actually remember getting my first fish when I was on AOL, which is, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, right? Um, so it's been around for a very long time. and it still is one of the most common techniques used today to get access to username and passwords. So, you know, as a consumer, one of the things that I think has transpired over this time frame is we we know about it, right? We know it's a bad thing and we know what to look for. But what we haven't really, you know, dialed in on is how to make sure it never happens. And, and I think for me, the biggest advice I, I would give is, look, phishing is still the number one thing. It's, it's transpired into now vishing, which is voicemail phishing, and then smishing, which is like text messages, right? So it, it continues to evolve based on the platforms available to consumers. But the solution is multi-factor authentication, right? So operate under the context that your username and password is compromised. And with so many breaches going on right now, uh, that's a almost a sure thing, sadly. But with multi-factor, I think that is a saving grace for us. And, and I personally would recommend that to all the consumers out there. 
most digital sites now have this something like that or version of multi-factor authentication. So it's, uh, it's something that will definitely protect you even if you lose your username and password. The other thing is, um, you know, on the consumer side, a lot of us, again, have been in this space for quite some time. We've, we've learned our lessons. And at the end of the day, I truly believe most of us know when there's something that's not right. Uh, it's a gut instinct. It's, uh, it's just the, all the different experiences we've had. So my advice has always been, if something doesn't look right, it's probably not right. So pause, don't, don't put in that credit card number yet. You know, don't dial in that username, password. Uh, just pause and look at for things that you would commonly look for that are making you suspicious, right? Is there a little lock uh, icon near the URL where you enter in the website name? Things like that will help uh, really our consumers stay ahead of some of these threats. Eva, not everybody's going to follow this advice. Okay, it's happened. Eva, what does somebody do? Well, first of all, I couldn't agree with you more. This notion that certain people aren't susceptible to um, falling for phishing scams is just wrong. You get us in the right set of circumstances. We all can. It has, it has happened to me in the past when I was busy and distracted. And just to piggyback on what Gleb was saying, uh, don't make these choices when you're in that emotional state, uh, when you're really wanting to be done with your shopping or just, I really want to get this good deal. Uh, stepping back and taking a moment to reflect on, you know, this, whatever the item, the item of the season is that you can't get your hands on. Why does this unknown company that I've never heard of before uh, have this item? How did they manage to get it when, you know, the Target and the Walmarts of the world are not able to, you know, keep this in stock? What's going on there? So just taking that step back and really uh, reflecting on it and and not being distracted, which is a really the big problem. And then, of course, feeling feeling like you have to figure all of these things out on your own. We always encourage people, um, get some help, talk to, you know, phone a friend. Uh, and if you don't have that, that either your grandson or that nephew or whoever it is in your life, that's sort of your savvy internet, savvy IT guy, um, uh, call the ITRC, reach out to us for assistance. We will help you in the moment. You can live chat with us. You can call our toll-free number. And if you're, you know, we get this all the time coming into the call center. People will send us a screenshot of a message that they got in their social media saying, is this real? This sounds too good to be true. And then we're there to look at it objectively and say, you know what? It is. That is too good to be true. Eva, Gleb, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for listening. You can learn how to protect yourself from identity fraud, crimes, and compromises by visiting our website at idtheftcenter.org, where you can also read more about the latest data breach trends. If you think you are the victim of an identity crime or your identity has been compromised, you can call us, chat live online, send an email, or leave a voicemail for an expert advisor to get advice on how to respond. Just visit that website to get started.